truth by firelight. From Flashbangs and Frag Grenades. By Calchexis. Read by Sam Gabriel. Based on League of Legends by Riot Games. Chapter 2 The owl mask hissed as the seals engaged around his face, and his mouth flooded with the vaguely metallic, fabricy taste of filtered air. As far as meetings with Pilties went, that had been one of the uglier ones, but he'd been expecting it. The dam had been a mess, but he wouldn't change it for anything. Just thinking too hard about what would have happened if he and his crew hadn't followed Jinx that night made him sick. So many people gone, and it would have happened right under his nose. He hated himself for not recognizing the oncoming signs of a sumpfall, but at the same time, it wasn't as though there had been anyone to warn him. Even the people who lived there only realized it long after the time had passed to do anything useful about it. The manifolds were fully automated. They opened and closed based on pressure. Open and close, life and death, simple physics would have wiped thousands of lives away in a handful of moments just because the water pressure on a gauge had climbed too high. His board engine whined as he neared the base of a platform, and a chill ran down the back of his spine. Driving his heel into the brake, he came to a sudden halt and pulled the club from his belt. He was being watched. Not unusual in Zon, but what was unusual was the bloodlust coming at him. You don't live long in Zon without learning how to tell when someone is looking at you with murder in their heart, and whoever had their eyes on him was definitely thinking with their knives. Slowly, Echo reached for his chronolock and set the timer, one pull of his ripcord, and he'd be right back where he could make a change. A few seconds, one second, one change might be enough to save his life. Hey! Echo called, his voice crackling through the mask's grill. If you think you're hiding, then you need a lesson in subtlety. Quiet, crackling laughter answered him as something in the shadows to his left moved, and a shape shimmered into existence. I wasn't trying to hide. Lux said through her disturbingly featureless porcelain mask. I was trying to get your attention. Echo swallowed thickly and wondered if it was that Jinx had just forgotten to tell her that the blank face of her mask was meant to be decorated, or if Lux had simply opted not to. Either way, it was disturbing to look at, like seeing someone whose face consisted only of smooth skin and slits for eyes. You were following me? Echo asked, narrowing his eyes. Yes and no. Lux replied. A little birdie, or buggy, I guess, told me that you were meeting with the sheriff and her wife tonight to talk about the dam and about Jinx. Ice sluiced down Echo's spine. Gonna have to do a lot more to make me think any one of my crew would rat me out to you, Crown Guard. Oh, don't hold it against him. I did threaten his family, after all, Lux said, waving off his anger as she pulled her mask down to show off that pretty smile of hers. You do I need to kill you, Echo? Lux asked. Suddenly, Echo was wishing she hadn't taken off that mask of hers. The lack of features was significantly less disturbing than the dead, wicked expression that Lux was wearing at that moment. Did I make a mistake when I let you live? Okay. Echo lowered his club back to his belt and held up a hand. Look, it was nothing. I was just explaining what happened at the dam, all right? No big deal. Crazy. She was completely crazy. There was a time when Echo had thought that there was no one in the world who scared him quite like Jinx on a bad day, and that lasted right up until he had met Lux, 
without any of the fakeries she wore for the sake of propriety. Did you mention me? She hadn't moved, but Echo swore he could feel the edge of her blade at his neck. He had to tread very carefully. Briefly, he considered lying, but he discarded that urge almost immediately. Lux didn't strike him as the sort of woman you ever lied to. They knew someone else was there, but not who, Echo said slowly. Someone Jinx trusted enough to trigger her bombs, and, um, I don't know if you know, but before you, Jinx could use what's left of her left hand to count the number of folks she trusted like that. Lux narrowed her eyes. So you did? No! Echo resisted the urge to back up or to move at all. It was like staring at a sump serpent, one of the blind, sinuous things that lived in the darkest parts of Zaun and had evolved to soak up the metal toxins of the city's runoff. Even the slightest motion could set it off, and once it struck, you were dead. I told them that it was Jinx's wife, that's all. They probably think it's another Zonite. They definitely don't know it's you, okay? But they already knew someone was there. I had to give them something or they'd dig into it, and if they did that... The pressure lifted, and the cold, killing look on Lux's face went with it. Murder was replaced with a beatific smile that was somehow more chilling rather than less. I guess you're right, Lux said, sighing quietly. I'm not happy about it, but we all had to tip our hand a little for the sake of blowing that dam. Yeah. Echo replied, trying not to sag with relief. Yeah, it's the best I could do. If they're looking at Zon, then they won't be looking at you. For now, Lux agreed. Echo nodded. He wasn't under any greater an illusion than Lux was that her place at Jinx's side could be hidden forever. One day the time would come when she would have to choose between Jinx and the rest of her life, and Echo didn't have to be a seer to know what side that coin would land on. Since I have you, I don't suppose there's any news from your contacts on helping with Jinx's hand? Lux asked, her tone suddenly bright and conversational. The way she just switched gears from death threats to shop talk was something Echo wouldn't ever get used to, and in a way that was a comfort. Some, yeah, Echo said, mostly thankful that she was happy with him again. But this guy, right, he, he can't exactly come topside, and he can't do much until he takes a look at her in person. I expected as much. Lux shook her head. Can he see her soon? Whenever we have time to get down there, sure. Lux nodded. Tomorrow night, then, she said firmly. I'd like to wait longer and for Jinx to get stronger, but she's getting restless. I get the feeling she's going to crawl out of the window one of these nights while I'm sleeping. That at least made Echo laugh. Jinx had never been able to sit still, even when she'd been powder. Even when she got hurt, she was always moving or doing something. Some things never changed. Sure thing, Echo said. We'll go from your balcony, sound good? How are we getting to your friend? You know how to ride one of these? Echo asked, tapping his hoverboard with his foot. Lux grimaced. I'm afraid not. That's okay, there's a two-person model we use for training. Echo replied, waving it off. And if Jinx has forgotten how to ride, I'll leave my Z-drive. That can't possibly be good for your digestion, Lux remarked dryly. They shared a laugh that lasted just long enough for the edge of it to become brittle on Echo's end. She had disarmed the conversation with disturbing ease. One moment she'd been casually threatening his life, the next she was brushing past it like nothing at all. There was something about the business-like nonchalance she had about those things that made the dire qualities of them fail to stick. In Zaun, a grudge could last a lifetime or more. People held on to their hate because sometimes it was all they had. You crossed someone and they'd hunt you from one side of the city to the other. With Lux, though, it was so impersonal. 
Echo had the distinct impression that if she ever did kill him, it would be more out of the principle of the thing than any sort of grudge. Tomorrow night, then, Lux repeated. We'll be waiting. See you there, crazy girl, Echo said as he tipped his foot forward and cycled up his board. Despite being no stranger to dodging death, Echo had no desire to test his mettle against dodging Lux. As much as it rankled to know one of his own had spoken behind his back, he couldn't very well blame him. Lux had a way about her, simultaneously disarming and intimidating, which suggested that killing you would just be another part of her day, as easy as waking up and making coffee. Nothing personal. He made a mental note to make an announcement to the firelights as a whole next time they were all in one place. Do not, under any circumstances, cross Jinx's wife. I'm home. Lux said the words as she muscled the door to their spire flat open. She was tense, angry, and stressed. For the past week since the dam bombing, she'd felt stretched too thin to be of any use to anyone, much less to Jinx. Welcome home, came the grumpy reply, which was punctuated by a crash from the den and a stream of colorful gutlow curses. It didn't help that Jinx hadn't been taking the loss of her hand particularly gracefully, although Lux didn't blame her in the slightest for that. Losing an extremity wasn't the sort of thing you walked off. Jinx was wrong. Lux asked as she shrugged her cloak off, hung it up, and kicked off her boots before entering the flat proper. Jinx was slumped over at her work desk, hunched over the bulbous chassis of what could only be Pow Pow's new frame. On her left, a mass of tools, bolts, and other mechanical bric-a-brac were scattered across the floor. Jinx had a white-knuckled grip on her wrench in her remaining hand as she stared straight down at her project, and certainly not at the mess she had just made. Fine, Blondie, Jinx spit out. Just fine. Letting out a quiet sigh, Lux moved up behind Jinx to wrap both arms around her narrow waist, laid her head against Jinx's back, and hugged her tight as a shudder ran through her lean body. It's okay, we'll fix this, I promise. They had to fix it. She couldn't stand seeing Jinx so miserable all the time. It was breaking her heart. Pow-pow's broken, Blondie, gotta fix her first, Jinx muttered. But this stupid... She snarled another curse and beat the stump of her arm against her desk. Ding! Won't listen to me and... Well, you all just shut up! Her last words she snapped out at an empty corner of the room by the couch. Locke stepped back, licking her lips and flexing her fingers as she prepared to call up her calming lights in case Jinx was about to go into another episode. Instead, she just kept talking as if she were somewhere else. Really saying that? Jinx sputtered as she turned back to the unfinished pow-pow. Didn't break it this time, though, did I? Didn't blow it up. Blew it all up, but I blew it up right. Blondie said I did it right this time, not like last time. She fit the wrench to a bolt and began tightening it, occasionally shooting a withering glance over to the couch. Lux opened her mouth, but Jinx stiffened before she could say anything, then whirled on the couch and pitched the wrench at it so hard that it buried itself in the cushion. Suck a sump, Milo! I did it right this time! She roared in Gutlow. Didn't blow it up! Didn't kill them all! I'm right! You're wrong! Not a jinx this time, am I? She was breathing hard, her shoulders rising and falling as she wiped sweat and tears from her face. Forcing herself to calm down, Lux loosened her grip on her magic, stepped close to Jinx, and put a hand on her shoulder. Jinx flinched, as if she had forgotten Lux was even there, and turned to stare at her with wide, almost unseeing eyes. Those eyes focused a second later, the hard lines of her face softened, and her rictus smile widened. Oh, hey, Blondie, welcome home. 
Lux's heart plummeted into her stomach. Jinx? Lux said softly. You sent that already. I, I got home a few minutes ago, remember? Jinx's brow furrowed as she ran the fingers of her remaining hand over her head, then shook it much like one would rattle a tin can. Uh, yeah, I... Please don't lie to me, Jinx, Lux said quietly. Do you remember or not? I... Jinx's face fell as she scratched idly at her head, then silently shook it back and forth. Damn it. Jinx, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, and I need you to answer me honestly, okay? Lux started. And Jinx nodded slowly. Do you remember the dam? Jinx nodded at that. And how long ago was that? It was... Jinx hesitated, then scowled and shook her head again. T -t Two days ago? Three? She looked back at Lux, who for once actually regretted the fact that she just couldn't dissemble properly around Jinx. No? No, Lux echoed. It was a week ago. A little more, actually. Oh. She turned back to Pow Pow and let out a tinny hiccup of a laugh. That explains why I... I don't remember when I started fixing her. This was more than bad. After all the time she'd spent with Jinx, Lux had thought she'd seen all the sides to her madness. This, though, was by far the most terrifying. Jinx's smile was cracking. That rictus grin of hers was shaky at best, and Lux reached out to lay her hands on Jinx's cheeks, pulling her back around to face her. Jinx, look at me. Everything is going to be okay, Lux said. I'm losing it, Blondie, Jinx muttered. What if I lose everything again? What if... What if I lose you? You won't. Tears burned at the edges of Lux's eyes. You won't ever lose me, remember? Because if you do, I'll just find you again. Jinx took in several shaky breaths as she nodded. In every single dream? In every single dream. She had never seen Jinx look so fragile or so normal. There was terror in her eyes, real terror, at the concept of her mind going again. Once Jinx had reveled in her madness, but now it was clear that that was no longer a place of comfort. As happy as Lux was that Jinx had found things important enough to hold on to, that happiness was punctured somewhat by the fact that, no matter how anyone cut it, Jinx was crazy. Parts of her mind, they just didn't work anymore. Who's Milo? Milo is Milo, Jinx replied. He's sharp and mean and bitey, says things, bad things. She carted her fingers nervously through her hair. Says Jinx stands for Jinx. I jinx every job, jinx everything I touch. Jinx blows it all up. She's bad, bad luck. She gripped her temples and groaned, and Lux pulled her close. Jinx rested her head on Lux's shoulder and took several shaky breaths. Jinx is a bad girl. You're not a bad girl, Jinx, Lux said. You're so good, and I love you so much. She pulled Jinx to the couch and sat down, and Jinx curled her long, gangly limbs up against and around Lux. Every so often, she would twitch and flick her eyes around the room like she was watching something, or someone moving. It reminded Lux of nothing so much as a cat staring up at an empty corner of the room for minutes on end. This was a worst-case scenario. If Jinx was losing time, whole days' worth of it, then something was catastrophically wrong. 
Clearly this had happened before, too. At some point in her past, her brain had just dumped everything to do with her past into the gutter and left it to rot. Sifting through it, recovering those memories, it was a job that Lux couldn't help but wonder if anyone was qualified for. Maybe an Ionian soul healer, but that was a long shot among long shots, and all things considered, Jinx probably wouldn't let one of them anywhere near her. Lux wasn't even sure if she liked the idea of it. Something about soul magic shook her. It felt too close to the void for comfort. Tomorrow night, Lux began after a moment. We're going into Zom with Echo to meet someone who will fix your hand, okay? Jinx gave a sullen nod. Do you remember how to ride a hoverboard? Mm-hmm, she mumbled. Okay, because I... I don't know how to do that. Can you help me? Lux asked. Another nod answered her, and Lux sighed as she pulled Jinx closer and curled up with her. These next few days, weeks even, were going to be long and stressful. Lux just knew it. Still, it was worth it. Jinx was worth it. I love you, Jinx muttered. I love you too. Over the past few months, Lux had become more and more comfortable with Gutlau. It really was a simple language once you boiled it down. It was just that getting in on the ground floor of it, learning how and why the language functioned the way it did, was so daunting and complex that she understood why Piltovens generally saw it as little more than gobbledygook. It wasn't, though. It was a beautiful language, full of culture and meaning. It was organic and flowing, and more lively than anything in Noxian, or especially High Demacian. Besides, it was how Jinx said, I love you. So how could she not love it just as much? I'm sorry, Blondie, Jinx murmured from her place at Lux's side. For what? For forgetting. Jinx. For being broken. Lux hugged her harder. She had no platitudes or comforts to offer because in the end, Jinx was right. She was broken. It was useless to try and tell her she wasn't. She had sharp edges, fractures, and fragments. It would be easier to list the parts of her that were whole. What she could offer was the same thing she always offered. Don't be sorry, Lux said. I don't care if you're broken, okay? She turns to bury her face in Jinx's hair. It isn't a matter of you being whole or you being broken. All that matters is you being you. But I wanted to be better for you, Blondie, Jinx sobbed. Lux ran her hand over Jinx's cheek, feeling the faint ridges and roughness of old scars along her cheeks, and carted her fingers through Lux's long, flowing hair. She hadn't braided it. How could she with only one hand? It was probably bothering her, too. I'm going to love you forever, Jinx. Lux said quietly, broken or whole, remembered or forgotten, I'm going to love you forever. All she could do was offer the truth. Maybe a different person would have cared that Jinx was broken, but Lux didn't. She didn't care if Jinx lost her memory again, she would help Jinx find it. If Jinx broke down, Lux would put her right back together again. And if Jinx went insane, truly and irrevocably insane, well... Lux could think of worse fates than going mad. I don't like this cupcake, Vi said as she followed Caitlin through the darkened halls. It was so late that most of the lights had been dimmed to a dull glimmer, barely enough to see by. Caitlin nodded. I'm well aware, but we're beholden to the law of the city, and all reports concerning threats to Piltover itself go to the very top. Pretty sure it could just be a pneumo, 
I'm not going to enumerate the report that Jinx saved several thousands of lives on top of apparently getting married, Violet, Caitlin replied dryly. <sighs> Please don't remind me of that. I am way too stupid to wrap my brain around it, Vi groaned. Just thinking about it hurt Vi's head. Her baby sister was married. Married? All right, assuming it was by Zonite traditions, it wasn't exactly a complicated process, not like getting married to Caitlin had been. Vi had not been prepared for the amount of pomp that ended up surrounding that event. She hadn't even realized a ceremony was going to be involved at all. There was no equivalent to anything like that in Zon. With that said, it was kind of hard to do anything the Zonite way when Caitlin didn't speak Gutlau. It wasn't for lack of trying. Caitlin was still trying to learn it, even after years of failure. That woman just did not know how to give up. It was one of the many things that Vi adored about her. I wish you wouldn't talk like that about yourself, darling, Caitlin said quietly, because you're not stupid. Truly, you're not. Kind of respectfully disagree on that, Cupcake. She was stupid. She was a dumb thug who only knew how to punch things. That was why her family had died. That was why she'd lost her sister not once but twice. And that was why she had mutilated that same sister. All she knew, all she knew how to do was break things. Caitlin sighed as they stopped in front of a pair of ornate double doors and turned to face Vi. Violet, please. Caitlin reached out and took Vi's hands, running her thumbs over the heavy, calloused knuckles. All I have ever done with my life has been a failure, she said quietly. I failed to stop the attack on the council just like I failed to convince them to do the right thing before it was too late. I failed to do my duty and root out corruption even years after the fact. She bowed her head and touched her forehead to Vi's. Zorn is as bad as ever, and Piltover is no more progressive. Whatever itself applied to the grandizing titles than it was when we were children. But you're trying, Vi whispered back. Trying is irrelevant. If I can't make the change that the people deserve, Caitlin said bitterly, I am the sheriff of Piltover. If I'm not saving lives, then what am I doing? My own people, your people, hate me. They're afraid of me. It ain't your fault, Kate. Fi loosened her grip and reached up to run her hand over Caitlin's cheek. Grayson meant well, but she didn't care. And Marcus was a spineless fucking coward who hated the trenches as much as they hated him. And you inherited all that shit. Caitlin leaned into Vi's mouth and blew out a breath, and Vi heard half a decade of pent-up frustration in it. Every change they tried to champion was only ever discarded by the council, or otherwise warped beyond all recognition into something that could make a profit. The concept of just spending some damn money to make the people's lives better was alien to them, and had been for way too goddamn long. Jinx's rage on the night she had killed Silco, her roar of grief and defiance, had unseated the council and, in the end, freed Zaun to become its own nation. With Piltover's council either dead or too wounded to act, the Cambarans had seized control of everything within the lanes and fissures, and suddenly Piltover had been choking to death on its own pride. Every ounce of metal and material it had relied on from the mines and factories of Zaun were suddenly held for ransom, and it had all been because of her sister. In one night, Jinx had done more to break Zahn's shackles of oppression than good Pilty intentions had ever managed. And she didn't even remember it. Vi had thought it would be that way forever, too. She really thought that Jinx had spent the last of her sanity making Silco's dream of a new nation come true. Now, though? Now Jinx had done it again. In one night of explosive ordinance and defiance, Jinx had roared again, and she had saved the lives of thousands of Zahnites. Am I doing the right thing, Violet? 
Caitlin's voice was brittle as she stared into her wife's eyes. If we go in there and we tell them that Jinx is stirring the pot again, that she was seen wearing Silco's jacket and fighting for the people of Zolan. Vi could only shrug. Two weeks ago she would have said yes in a heartbeat, Jinx, powder. It was all so jumbled that Vi had been sure that there wasn't anything real left of her sister. I don't know, Kate, Vi admitted. I really don't. What if we start a war? She whispered. Vi stepped back, and her laugh was an angry, biting thing. As much as she loved Caitlin, and she loved Caitlin so goddamned much, she was still a pilty at heart. Cupcake, I told you. Zahn has been at war with Piltover since before it was even Zahn, Vi said. But Pilties have been greasing their wheel of progress with the blood of the fisherfolk for two hundred years, Kate. Vi's voice turned stony as she took Caitlin's hand. Your people have been killing mine for fun and profit for better than a fucking century. We've always been at war, Cupcake. You just never noticed it, because up until a few years back, you were winning. In all the years they'd been married, Vi could count the time she'd raised her voice at Caitlin on one hand, and every single one of those she had regretted. But this one Vi did not regret. She didn't regret the pain she put on Caitlin's face in that moment. You want to know why we've never managed to make any changes stick? Why everything we've ever done to try and heal Zahn has always fallen flat? Vi asked. Caitlin took in a shaky breath, visibly mastering herself as she replied through gritted teeth. Do tell? Because before you heal a wound, you gotta pull the knife out of it first, and not for love or money is Piltover ever gonna pull that knife out. Not when it's the only leverage it's got left over Zahn. So what? It's all been for nothing, Caitlin bit out. All this time you knew and never- I hoped, Vi said softly. I really wanted your way to work, and I think, I think maybe if we'd started a little earlier, maybe it would have, but... Vi stepped closer and wrapped her arms around Caitlin. The sheriff of Piltover clung to her wife, and Vi could feel the bitterness inside of her. The anger, the frustration, all of it was like poison. Years of trying and failing to move the immovable bureaucracy of Piltover into something even resembling good nature was killing them both, and yet they kept trying, kept hoping. We tried because we had to try, Kate, Vi whispered, because we owed it to everyone to try and do it the right way. But what's the point, if it all comes to blood in the end? Caitlin muttered. What indeed? Vi didn't feel even remotely qualified to answer that question, but she would try. For the sake of her wife and for the family that had died to put her where she was, she would try. Because we can't let the world break us, Vi rasped. What? Something my dad said. One of the last things he ever said to me, actually. Vi looked up into Caitlin's eyes and reached out to brush a few inky locks from her face. He said, You've got a good heart. Don't ever lose it. No matter how the world tries to break you. Caitlin bit her lip and shook her head. I don't get it. It means I gotta try, Cupcake. And I gotta keep trying. Vi offered her a smile that was only a little brittle. No matter how many times the world knocks me down, no matter how many reasons it gives me to hate it or how bad it hurts me, I can't let it break me. So I gotta try. Even if it never works. Yeah, 
I replied with a weak laugh. Told you I was stupid, though. Caitlin scoffed and shook her head. Smarter than me, apparently. At least you knew what you were doing. It ain't wrong to hope, Cupcake. No. But the time for hope has passed, I think, she said quietly as she turned to put a hand on the cold brass knob of the doors. Vi hated that she couldn't argue that point. Right now, Piltover was baying for Zonite blood. It was wounded and confused. It didn't understand why it had happened, and it definitely didn't understand how. Maybe if they could make the case. It was a long shot, and Vi wasn't holding out a lot of hope, but maybe. If they could see how many lives Jinx had spared, maybe there could be a chance for something to come of it. Something real. Or maybe it would just be more blood. Caitlin opened the door, and the harsh lights of the council chambers flooded across them. The text of this story is available on AO3. Music by Dot Matrix. If you would like me to record a story, voice over a character, get in touch using the contact information available on my website, which is located at samgabrielvo.com. And there you can find other stories that I've read, as well as a link to my Discord server, where I record things live for your enjoyment. And finally, as always, thank you for listening.